Hello and welcome to episode 1100 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, September 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. We've got lots to talk about. We are in the throes of one of the best periods of the of the year for guys like us who are multi-sport mega fans with football ramping up, baseball in high gear coming down the stretch here. I know you're not having your favorite fantasy season, but... Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously working to hopefully cash in our main, so a lot of a lot of effort going into that. And honestly, I'm just excited for these playoffs. I think it's going to be a really good playoff this year with some of these teams that we've seen. So yeah, I'm I'm in a pretty good mood. How about yourself? Uh, I mean, yeah, my my season has just been a lost cause from from top to bottom. But I, I want to point out, and this is something you and I kind of were just talking about at the you know prior to hit and record, um, as we like to chat beforehand, uh, and that is. In the beginning, or I think it was end of June-ish, you and I had a conversation in which uh, you were in, like, 12th place or something like that. I was in first um, and uh, in our main, and uh, you were like, man, oh, this sucks, man. I hate, you know, that I'm I'm losing, that I'm not going to have even a shot to cash. And, like, I had to, like, talk you off the ledge a little bit and be like, Hey, dude, you can, you can, you know, you lost eight points or something that yeah. weekend. It was like a huge hit. And I was like, I got the horses. It's just not working. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not doing anything this year. And, and I, and I had to like be like, hey, dude, there's still plenty of time. Work hard. You're going to be fine. You'll get back in this. It's a really competitive league. Um, and in, during that conversation, the soul of my team exited <laughs> movie style. And and came over, over to Texas. me and looked at me and went, yeah, and like went all the way over to you and entered yep. your team. Because since that moment, my team has taken a straight nosedive, uh, and your team has done everything it needed to do to be competitive. Uh, you have an outside shot of even winning the league. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. You know, right now, you're in fourth place, right in the mix with second and third, um, and my team has gone to hell. So like. We say all the time, like, "Hey, if you're if you're not competing at the end of the May, if you're not competing at the end of June, like, don't give up because there's still so much time left. Other people will fade. Mm -hmm. Other people stop paying attention. Not that I stop paying attention. No, your pitching melted by the way. That that was all it came down to was just a a complete Mm -hmm. colossal fall down from your pitching." Yeah, and but you showed exactly what we what we preach exactly, which is if you are vigilant and you work hard, you have a real opportunity to gain ground, even halfway through a season. And um, I'm proud of you. Like that. Thank you. Like I you, appreciate you, that. And I needed that talk, you. man. I mm-hmm. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was just like God because I've been work, working so hard to move up. I was like, you know. Weeks and weeks, I'm like, I got the horses. I like this team, but it wasn't moving forward. I was running in place. Then I took that big hit, and I just had it. I ran to you like, Nah, dude, it's it's all good. And I needed that. And I was like, Okay, all right, I, I let's catch Justin now. We'll finish one two in this league some mm-hmm. way or, or another. And then, like you said, your your pitching prowess just evaporated, just absolutely evaporated. And honestly, everything you touched as far as pickups, that's what we were analyzing. Like, what happened with your pitching? Your your aces are ace. Uh, Musgrove Nola, you can't complain about that. And you had no. the aciest of ace closers, Josh freaking Hader. <laughs> he alone is doing a lot of the work, let's be honest, uh, of the negative. But then it seemed every little stream you yeah. did found a way to jam you. 
You tried a little Jonathan mm -hmm. Heasley. Here's seven earned runs in three innings. What do you think about that? Like little stuff like that. That that was not a one-off. Every little guy, you know, every little stream you brought on your team seemed to twist the knife a little bit more. And Nolan Musgrove just couldn't cover it. And then Hader decided to get infected by them and and pitch like trash himself. So yeah, you're pitching 15 and a half points. That explains your fall. And like Obviously, I'm not relishing in your fall, but that furthers our point about how much time there is left. You were in first, feeling great, and now here you are, three points out of last. Yeah. It, That's it, how it can happen. Like, do not quit your leagues, y'all. You have to keep going, especially in June and July. That's way too early to be like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Again, you can have nights where you're crying to your your best bud and, and saying I'm done, but you don't actually quit. I was I was just whining through the uh, through the pain there as opposed to actually quitting so it's uh it's been an insane season and with that that kind of leads us into our topic a little bit because we got some insane breakouts here that i want to talk about and i really want to get your thoughts on where they're at for next year because they're not the michael harris's of the world that everyone's super excited to draft even though he's got some questions about his profile the talent's there he's super young i want to talk about some of the more suspicious breakouts and we have to start with somebody who supersized his combo meal yesterday. And Justin, would you be surprised to learn that that was John Birdie's second combo meal of the season? <laughs> My man has four homers. And check check this out. He has two combo meals, one of which yesterday's included two steals. And you want to know where the other two homers came? In the same game. So he has a yeah. two-homer game, a combo meal, and a supersized combo meal. Those are the only times that he homers. He pops off and, and does something else with it. So John Birdie has obviously been a league winner type, even with – accounting for the fact that he missed time and has been pretty dreadful since that return, he is still winning leagues. 36 steals leads baseball in 88 games for John Birdie, but he'll be 33 next year. We don't know anything about like what the playing time is going to look like if he's even with Miami. What the hell are you doing with John Birdie? I already said this morning, I did a stream before we, we talked here, revealing box scores. I won't draft him in early leagues because I need to know what's going to be going on with his playing time. Where do you stand on Birdie? Yeah, I think the playing time situation at his age on a team that is in the midst of a rebuild um, is going to be really questionable. And I think he's going to get overdrafted for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And everything under the hood looks good. Like, I, I you know, yeah, I he's normal birdie. Yeah, like he, he's totally fine. Like, you're, you're talking about a guy with an above average zone contact rate, a below uh, league average O swing. Um, which are, you know, two things you want to see. Uh, so he makes, you know, a good amount of contact, and then he's fast. He gets on the base pass, and he runs. Like, he just, you know, 36 stolen bases in 88 games is unreal. Um, the hard part is, like, like that is an unsustainable rate. I don't care who you are. Like, I of mean, course. outside of being, like, Billy Hamilton in his prime, like, um, or Ricky Henderson, like, you're just – I know stolen bases are going to go up next year, but his got to come down if he's only going to play think. that amount of games. Exactly. Um, so I think Bernie will probably get outside the single-digit rounds because leagues are going to know to be cautious with him. But, I mean, I wouldn't even want to pay like a 13th round pick for him. Yeah, I, I don't think I would either. Um, I think that's about like where he might be going. I mean, as, as good as he's been, and I mean – I. I would be very, very surprised if they actually did this, but like he could legit be a non-tender candidate. Exactly. Uh, like he, like he's 34 years old. It's his first year of arbitration. This is an organization that doesn't want to spend a ton of money right now. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made another like Jazz Chisholm, Zach Gallon type trade where they trade one of their pitchers for a young infielder. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, especially because that outfield seems like it's starting to get a little full with, you know, Soler under contract and Garcia under contract, contract and uh, Bouvet already up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. <laughs> I just worry that they're going to bring somebody else in. Uh, I tell you this too. Isn't Charles LeBlanc just younger, John Birdie? He's not as fast, but he plays everywhere, infield, outfield, can hit it a little bit with batting average, you know, good contact, a little bit of speed. I mean, how is he not the same player? He is in a lot of ways. I mean, mean, he's even got a little bit more pop. He does strike out a bit more. He had uh, Charles LeBlanc had a 27% K rate at AAA. He's at 29% in the bigs, even though he only has a 10% swinging strike rate. So maybe he can improve it a little bit. But he's hitting 285, 323, 455. Nice little line for Charles LeBlanc. So I just, I don't know what Birdie's future is. I I don't think I'm going to draft him. Um, And if I do, it'll almost certainly be like a February, March when the price, when his, playing time is more solidified and I know what I'm getting if I take birdie. So, and I mean, you look at Le, under LeBlanc, the hood of for LeBlanc a little bit and LeBlanc's contact numbers are actually even better than birdies. Like the fact that he's striking out at such a high rate is a little is surprising. Weird, so, right? Okay. Sub, sub 10% swing strike rate, a 91% zone contact rate. Um, you know, he swings outside of the zone more, but like he's still making just a crap ton of contact. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, they could easily be like, hey, Birdie, thanks a lot, man. We hope you get a long-term deal somewhere else. But, yep. but like, if he signed, if he were to sign somewhere else, he's a he's a super utility guy, just like in, in in Miami. And, like, does that do, does that place let him run the way that he's been running? Maybe with the new rules. So maybe. maybe. But I, I think, like, best-case scenario is you're getting what you've got. And we still haven't even talked about the fact that Birdie like has like twenty six RBIs this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And forty two runs and four home runs. Like he and a two forty nine batting average. He's a one category player. Exactly. Um, And so, like, yeah, I I don't think he's going to be a target of mine in the top fifteen rounds unless I'm desperate for stolen bases. But like, I'm hoping I won't be in that position. Same. I'm really hoping to avoid that. Just be careful with the birdie landmine. I like him. He's been great. If he helped you this year thank him and move on i really mm-hmm. think you should uh be careful there the majors only drafted him in the 18th round we shouldn't draft him higher than that <laughs> he was an 18th <laughs> round pick uh by the jays back in 2011 what about uh, this one i'm super excited to hear your thoughts on because i keep looking at this guy damn near every day i do that box score show uh four or five times a week on my twitch in the morning just review the box scores talk through different players and tyro estrada I swear he's doing stuff every day and I keep going back to check out his bottom line and it gets better every dang time. 14 homers, 19 steals, 266, 326, 416. Doesn't strike out, 17% K rate. And a few walks, 6%, but you don't need to when you're when you're making that much contact. He's going to be 27 next year. He was pretty good in his 132 plate appearances last year. This is 495 plate appearances for Tyro Estrada. Is he real? Is he, you know, at 27 next year, is he someone the Giants are really looking at being a, a longer-term part of this team? He's having a wonderful season. Do you believe in Tyro Estrada? I mean, I kind of do. you got to love what you see under the hood. Um, you know, in the second half, you're talking about a guy who's got an almost 93% zone contact rate. Um, 
you know, so he's, he's putting the ball in play quite a bit. Uh, you know, he's shown some power. He's shown some uh, ability to steal bases. Like, he's one of those guys that, with the new rules, like, he could go from being, like, you know, a double digits guy to, like, a 20 stolen base guy. Um, you know, he's already at that 20. So, like, he could be yeah. a 30 base stolen guy. He's in 19 right now. Um, <laughs> the problem is he's on the giant. Uh, and the Giants have shown that they want to platoon guys as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that being said, the Giants are uh, losing Brandon Belt's contract. Um, they are, I think they still have, I, I don't know if they have a Stella next year or not. I feel like he uh, should be in the last year's deal, but he might not be. I will I will um, look up Listella real quick. Either way, Listella shouldn't be playing second base anyways. Yeah. Um he does have another year of that three year deal. Okay. Um and Luciano's not gonna be up yet. Like I think Luciano like is still probably maybe he comes up like mid to late end of yeah. the year. He played in high A this year. I think there's a pretty Big role, at least starting out in San Francisco. He's he he's for, not even for Tyro. For, for Tyro, Tyro he, he's not even ARB eligible until 2024. So like he's not costing them real money. Um, and I think the Giants are looking at 2024 as like their the, the beginning of their real competitive window. I know last year they they were amazing, but we all knew that that was a fluke, and I think this year kind of proved it. Yeah. Um, and there's just not much on the roster. So, like, if they bring in a big name or something, okay, then we start to worry. But I don't know that they're gonna. Like, I don't I really. He, his second, third eligible, Tyro Estrada, is and outfield eligible if you play in 15 or fewer game eligibility. So, you're looking at eligibility there. He can move around if they do mm-hmm. bring in other players. You know, say they want to go crazy and try to get like a Trey Turner or something. Okay, maybe move Estrada into left field or something. He's played so well. He's been batting one or two a lot. I'd be surprised if they don't have some sort of commitment to him at 26, uh, at age 27 next year. Looks like he could be somebody who's pretty solid for them. Well, and yeah, on top of the belt contract being gone, Longoria's contract is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Rodon's contract is going to be gone. That's right. Because uh, Rodon will opt out at the end of the year. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I, you know, they're going to have a lot of money to spend. Um, so I mean, they they potentially could bring someone in to, to block Estrada, but I just I just don't think so. he's just been so good. Like he's been one of the few bright spots on what is a one of the worst offenses and defenses. It's in, it's in been rough. It's been um, rough. The the platooning has not worked this year. And by the way, I want to mention on Estrada. It's recent that he's moved up in the order. He's been a five six seven hitter all year yeah. for the most part. But I was just looking at roster uh, resource and I saw that the last three games have been one one and two for his batting spots for Estrada. So listen, it's been a wonderful season. He's probably going to end with like 15 and 20. Only needs a homer and a steal to get there. Those are great marks for him. Double eligible. I don't think he's going to be expensive either. So I think if you either. like Estrada, you don't have to worry about buying in because you're not going to get ripped off. So I totally uh, agree. let's move on to this next guy. Uh, Frank Schwin. Oh, sorry. Joey Manessis here. <laughs> it's when you click his name, it goes right to Frank Schwindel's page, which is weird. Yeah, uh, uh, got released. He did. He did get released. But we've made this comp a couple times already um, that Joey Manessis is, is this year's Frank Schwindel. Does that carry all the way to 
flopping next year. The 30-year-old has nine homers um, and, and a steal, by the way, in his 41 games. 325, 356, 548. Tons of power, but a 378 Babbitt and a 24% homer to fly ball rate are doing a lot of work for this surge. He was great in AAA, too. You know, 20 homers in 96 games. He, it's an overall great season, but he's going to be 31 next year. I don't even know if he has a spot with this team. What do you think of Joey Manessis for the Nats? I mean, it, it benefits him that he's on just what is going to be a really putrid team again. Um, and they're not going to bring – I don't think they're going to bring anybody in to block him necessarily because why would you start your rebuild by bringing in a first baseman or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like I just um, – however, I, I do not think – I mean, he obviously can't do what he's been doing. Over the course of full season. Over the course, so, yeah. I was gonna say you can't you do not extrapolate. We always uh, argue the dangers of extrapolation. Yeah. You would be setting yourself up for major failure if you just extrapolated Manessa's numbers. Yeah, and I here's the thing: like his contact numbers aren't even as good as Schwindel's were. Um, like he's got league average contact numbers, so it's just amazing that he's been doing what he's been doing. I mean, three seventy eight Babbitt carrying a lot of the weight. Yes, um, on that. That's a tough part about Schwindel, by the way, because you look under the hood and there was some viability Every, to things. Everything was saying he should be fine. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they gave him playing time. Like, you know, he got he the was, opportunity. Yeah. And he wasn't expensive. Like, he was super cheap. Um, I think Vanessa's will, uh, I mean, he's obviously going to regress. The question is how far. Uh, I think, like, you could see him just be. You know, like a 240, 250 hitter with like average power and a good ballpark. Like, he, he's probably going to get some run in the same way Schwindel got one, or the same way like Patrick Wisdom has gotten run in yeah. Chicago this year. Like, he's hitting 201, but he's playing pretty much every, every day. day I think and he's like hitting bombs. Some, some solid defense, too. Yeah. I think so. on, on Wisdom. Don't quote me on that, but I want to, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm actually looking at it right now. Minus 10.2. Never mind. Yeah, Never mind. But uh yeah, so I'm I'm with I'm with everything there on Manessas. Here's the thing, he'll probably be like a 30th round pick. Like he won't be expensive. Yeah, I, I mean I, I but I wouldn't like I wouldn't touch him before the 25th round anyway. So Same. like I think you know if you if you're getting him like late, uh the nice part about Manessas, unlike what we saw with Schwindel, is he's gonna be dual eligible in the in or you know first base and outfield. I like those guys, especially at the end of the draft, because they can cover you know first outfield, util, and CI. Love uh, the infield outfield combo. You're always yeah. stressing that, and I think that's a great call. It's just that sort of diversity is really nice to have on the team, and you can certainly find yourself being like, Oh, I can actually put him in the outfield. I love players yeah. like that. Let's go to Travis Darno, player that we're very familiar with, been around for a while, having another spike. This is not new. Is this going to be another situation like after the 2020 breakout? He flopped last year. Um, or does he build on this 95 game run with 17 homers, 270, 326, 483? He'll be 34 next year. He does have a contract. He is guaranteed to be there. So it's going to be him and Contreras again, unless they move him. He's only $8 million. Are you taking Travis Darno next year? No. Um, same, by the way. Instant no. You, you know what he hasn't done since 2014? What's that? Play 100 get, games? Get to 400 play appearances. Oh, yeah. Um, now, he, he probably will get there this year. Um, yeah, he needs 19. I'm not, he's 33 years old. Like, he, like he's, he's, a, he's a catcher, who, which is a position that 
gets injured. Um, but he's got a Darno's got one of the worst injury histories. Like it's not all his fault either. Some of it's just been shitty luck. Yeah. Um, but like, no, like I, there's been so many breakout catchers this year. That Absolutely. I'm just there's no all way he ends Kirk, up on him. Yeah. William Contreras, Adley, Cal Raleigh, yeah. MJ Melendez, Jonah Heim. Yeah, I'd like, take Christian Bethencourt over him. Like, yeah, there's so I, many guys I'd rather I, have. I want a guy who's gonna play. And yeah. I just there's there's no faith in that in that Darno is gonna continue to play, you know, at this rate. Like it's I just, agree. No. And I don't even know that he's gonna be like a starter. I think it could be a, a, a legit 50-50 situation because William Contreras is so good. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have talked a little bit at times about Brandon Drury, but let's dive in a little bit more on where you're at uh, with him. Obviously, his getting traded was always going to, to make things worse, just generally speaking, because he was batting second in a beautiful stadium with Cincinnati. And he has been worse with, uh, with, with the Padres, though I would say not bad. Like, you're not upset with what Brandon Drury has been doing with them. If you break it down, he's got uh, seven homers, with a 237, 276, 474 with them. It's a 108 WRC plus. That's obviously a dreadful OBP at 276. But the seven homers in 31 games, 237 isn't killing you. Um, but he's, he's come back to earth for sure with San Diego. What does a 30-year-old Brendan Jury look like next year? And I know the first question will be, where the heck does he play? And I don't have an answer for that, of course. But um, he will be a free agent, so somebody will be buying high on him or maybe San Diego will bring him back. But what do you think of Drury next year? Are you willing to take him and say like a, I don't know, I think he's going to be what, an 11th to 15th round type of guy? Oh, man, that's that's, that's a tough question because he's eligible everywhere. He, um, he's been my savior. We're talking about all that eligibility mm -hmm. this year. He's been one of my saviors. Yeah, I remember when I laughed at you for pick, like spending like 70 bucks or whatever it was. I think $58 to pick him up. Um and um who's laughing now hey i'm not laughing because my fab pickups were what killed me uh first second year. third and outfield to just go to your it's point just, about the infield outfield he yeah. plays everywhere but catcher yeah um so like i i i love that he's multi-positional eligible the question is obviously going to be what you framed at the beginning was where is Drandon uh, or Drandon Drury? I like that. That's a Brandon, good spoonerism. <laughs> Brandon Drury playing next year. Like, is he? I assume after this season, he's going to get a multi-year deal and, and be in line to be a, a you starter. Think. You would think, but like, he's also not young anymore. He's thirty years old. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he doesn't add defensively. He plays all those spots because he can't really play any of them all that well. Yeah. He was a capable defender this year. He did not have a negative overall value, uh, but he is like, that's not what you're getting Brandon Drury for, for defense. Yeah. So like, I'm, I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like uh, he's, he's such a trap player. Like I agree. We, we've even seen in San Diego, like, Things haven't fallen off the edge for Drury, right? Like yeah. we're not talking about a guy who like all of a sudden went from an eighty-nine percent zone contact to like a seventy-nine, but it, it did drop. Like it went from eighty-nine to eighty-six, which is still above league average. What we want to see, we still try uh, swings outside of the zone a little bit too much. Um, we've seen like some of that power kind of dissipate, um, leaving, you know, Great America ballpark, going to Petco. So for me. I think a lot of his value has to be tied up into where he signs. Absolutely um, agree. Do we want to make just... sure 
We right. don't know. Like, like if he stays in San Diego, you go, oh man, he's gonna have value until Tatis is back, and then what happens? Um, but like if he were to end up, well, he could play first. Then isn't Bell a free agent? Bell is a free agent. So then um, you could say like that. That's what my thinking would be. If he did go back to San Diego, you're seeing Jury maybe play uh, uh, around the infield a bit until Tatis comes back, and then when he comes back, maybe you put Drury full time at first, or maybe he just plays first from day one. Yeah, maybe it's but it's possible. I just I don't want to. I I'd rather him go to a place in which he has no real questions in terms of competition i agree and you know i was saying this with birdie that's the same with jury for me specifically because i have him i can't take the feelings of this year's awesomeness and how much i love him and carry that into the draft it does nothing for me next year unless he somehow finds his way back to cincy thank you for your service good day sir i don't think i'm paying for jury i don't think it's i I don't even think it's going to be an egregious price i just think i'm going to take what i got and let y'all do your thing with him. Um, you're gonna be mad that I even put this guy on here, but I had to because I think Jorge Mateo still has a sub 300 OBP. He does by a lot, so I had to include Jorge Mateo. 13 homers, 30 steals. This was a guy that you you've been on from day one. With this mm-hmm. this stream or this uh, this pod has been very pro Jorge Mateo. Uh, you were on since New York. I, I became a fan in Oakland, and this like I said, this the two of us have been fans of his throughout his minors, into San Diego, now with Baltimore. And he panned out this year. I hope you got him in spots because he's been awesome. 13 and 30. I got him in a couple DCs, but the place where I picked, I picked him up off the waiver wire. Somebody dropped him. Um, I mean, I understand. He went through like a cold stretch and like, and they dropped him and I picked him up like in, I mean, I've gotten, you know, 25 plus saves from, or up saves. Yeah. Stolen bases. Um, he hit 145 in June with a 226 OBP. Like I understand yeah. people getting upset, even though he had three homers and six steals in that month. He hit 145. So yeah. you picked him up. That's really nice. He's been great. He's 28 next year. 224, 271, 394 on the slash line, though. Justin, what are we really getting from Jorge Mateo next year? And are are you going to take those good feelings that you got from picking him up and? keep going with him next year or are you going to say hey i've been a fan of this guy but i can't pay uh i think he's going to be more of like an eight to twelve round type of guy oh if he's eight to twelve round like i don't know that i can pay that price on mateo i, I just, just think he's going to have what 33 35 steals depending on how many how many more you get. five more would be a lot so we'll say like 31 to 33 steals he'd probably get one to three more and then uh, uh, maybe about 15 homers so we'll call it let's call it 15 30 fine that's pretty good and a 28-year-old that has a pedigree, even though he hit 222, I think there's going to be some love for him because of those steals, and I could see him going a good bit higher than Birdie. So I think Mateo will actually have a little bit of a cost tied to him. If he has any sort of single-digit draft cost, I'm a 1,000% out. I mean, here's the, like he has been better in the second half. Like 251 batting average, 288 on base percentage. Like he still just doesn't walk, which hurts him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's you his know, strikeout rate in the second half? If I saw some improvement point, 22.6. There, hey, that is an improvement. He's 28 on the year. And he's making so. league league average zone contact. The problem is he swings outside his zone a ton. Yes. Um, he's chasing so he really, for Mateo. He, you know, this is why the walk rate is so low. He has really no idea what the strike zone is. Um, so, like, he's he swings outside his zone too much. Uh, that being said, like, he's played 
league average to just barely above league average defense this year. Uh, and he can play multiple spots. Uh, and he steals a lot of bases. So, like, Another can, infield outfield guy too, right? Yeah. So I think he's he's one of those guys that I think the Orioles will keep around. He's been like a like just a, a very popular player as well mm-hmm. in in Baltimore. He's so, actually only played short this year, so he's only oh, stuff eligible for next oh, year. He did play. He played the outfield, short. Third. He originally came up as a shortstop, but then got moved into the outfield uh, mm-hmm. because the Yankees were, you know, so rich at the position, um, uh, and then kind of bounced between shortstop and outfield with Oakland. So, um, yeah, I like if his price is there, like there's no way, especially with with us expecting stolen bases num- stolen base numbers to go up. Guys who are stolen base only, like Mateo. Mm-hmm. Um, lose a lot of value. Well, because, stolen base with a little bit of pop. I mean, he undercuts it yeah, by only having 48 ribbies and a 222 average, but you think 13 homers with your 30 steals. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I just don't know that he's a top 10 or even top 15 round guy because the, the floor is still not playing. Like, the floor is the exactly. minor leagues, like, or, or, exactly. or, or, or being just a bench. Like, he's one of those guys that, like, if he's struggling really, really bad, the O's will just DFA him. Absolutely. Um, I agree. So, I mean, you're talking um, sub 300 OBP, bat, like that's so bad. And, and that they got him from, from you know, waivers, like exactly the waiver pickup. So, like, he, he has no like um, strong ties within the organization. Like, they didn't develop him or anything. He's, no. he's a guy that got off the garbage heap. If he sucks, they'll go back on the garbage heap. And then he could be in a position where he is a pinch runner. Yes. Um, and has very, very little value because he's just not in the lineup every day. Uh, so the down, so, downside risk is severe. With Honestly, uh, I don't with think he's a top 15-round pick in a 15-team league. So I agree. And if he costs that, I'm not paying for Mateo. And again, two of his biggest backers here, Justin from day one, I was on like day three, like I said, joined the party in Oakland. And you just can't do it. You got to be careful here. He's a trap big time. Be careful with Jorge Mateo. Let's talk about his teammate, Anthony Santander, another favorite of yours. I uh, hope you got him this year because he was he was priced to buy. 27 I, I, overs, yeah. seven I was, ribs. I was, I was probably the highest person in the industry. On, on I remember team. you were a very big fan. 248, 325, 448. So solid slash, tons of pop. He, he wasn't bothered by the new wall, huh? When you got power like that, you can you can play. I'm sure he'd be like maybe chasing down 35-40 if it wasn't for the wall. He does have 13 at home, 14 on the road. Anthony Santander, what do we think about him next year? He'll be 28 as well, coming off now a great season. Um, a little bit of a down year in 2021 that has some injury excuse behind it that you can reasonably say. And then a nice 2020, what, which of course was only 37 games. So that gave the taste that people were interested in. And now I think we've seen a full season of greatness are you ready to uh, pay the premium for Santander now? Because you got him on the cheap. Would you be willing to pay, you know, eighth round pick for somebody that's hitting thirty homers with a two fifty average? Mm, eighth round feels like a lot. Uh, do you think? Do you think that's? Do, do you think I have that right? I'm not great at guesstimating these, by the way. I'm, I'm guesstimating for a fifteen teamer, so it'll be much cheaper in. Uh, yeah, uh, um, that, that, that's like tenth, tenth, twelfth round type for ten teamer. You know, we're talking about a guy who is really like a three category player right like so like because he's he's kind of santander like his batting average is 
it's not going to be a positive. No, um, you're just hoping it to not hurt you. And 248 yeah. is passable. Yeah, and so homers, runs, RBIs. Um, I don't know. I just to me like. I think he's one of those guys like he's you thank him for his service this year and you probably you don't play. One. Yeah. You looking for the next Anthony Santander. Um, totally agree with that. I, I don't know that I want to be spending anywhere close to a top 10 draft pick, even in a 15 team league uh, on him because like, there's there like, where does he go from here? Like, I, I don't, I don't see him turning into like a 40 plus homer guy at the end of the day like um you know you, you've got 27 from him now you probably get a handful more like i think this i think this is the ceiling like i think this is who he is like and, and probably and the ceiling like especially with the park change because like the one thing that you could have maybe said is like hey there's some real power here and what if he finds that one year of big homer to fly ball magic which could still happen because he is like a 13, 14% career. And, and a lot of times these big power guys can live in the low mid twenties for a year. That could be what drives a Santander super breakout. But I tend to agree with you that I just don't want to pay this. I want to look for the next Santander, a mid twenties guy with pop that I think can stay healthy and break out as opposed to paying the premium on him. I'm with you. I, I, I don't think it's a cratering. I just think no, it's a no, I think whole he, hum type of I think he's pick. yeah, I think he's gonna be fine. Like I don't think but like is like there much difference between him and Hunter Renfro? I was like, think, I, that's exactly who I was thinking about. And I like, think Renfro I think will he, be cheaper. Yeah, I think Ren, Ren and, and now it's a better park, right? Like he's yep. and potentially a better division. Like it's like I don't know, like uh I just fact, don't think that probably has me thinking that my my guess on his draft round is wrong for Santander based on what Renfro did last year and the fact that he then went pick 162. Let's put let's put Santander more in the 150 to 180 range. Then how do you I feel think that's fine? Him? Like I yeah, I mean that that's probably where I'd be looking to target him. Yeah, I, I was too I was too short on on eighth round. That's too high for Santander. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that would be a that'd be a fine pick right there. Like I think but I think there's also going to be a blob of guys just like him. There. Exactly. You know, so guys who aren't him. going to steal bases, probably don't give you a great batting average, but are just going to hit bombs for you. I think the other thing we need to re remember with Santander is like, there's been some injury history with him. Yes. Um, and he, he he's going to need volume to hit those home runs. This is so, his first time over 438 plate appearances, yeah. which was last so, year's career high. Like I, I, if people are if people start pushing them up boards and stuff like that, like I would, I would probably just fade him. And again, like I said, I'm looking for the next guy like him, like Renfro. Like you know, Renfro was the 2020 version, right? Uh, yeah. Or 2021 version. You know, Santander is the 2022 version. There's a 2023 version out there, and that's the guy I would prefer to target as opposed to ending up with Santander. Totally agree. Totally agree, and I like Santander. I just don't think it's it's the right move here. I'm going to save the pictures for Friday. We're going to go, call it here a little bit shorter um, just because I do have a radio spot coming up, and I don't want to only do like two of the pictures, and then we have to do the rest later. So we'll do a, a Friday uh, suspicious breakouts for pitchers with a, a really – actually, there's some high-end guys there, and I'm very curious what you're going to say about some of them, guys like Kyle Wright, Tony Gonsolin, but and I'll also deepen that list a little bit, and I'll go with some closers as well. 
Uh, and I know closers are really dependent on whether or not they're closing, but you know, I'm curious what you think about Ryan Hells. He's not really a suspicious breakout, but I wonder if you're going to pay the premium. So we'll talk pictures on Friday. We'll go a little bit shorter today. Um, but Justin, great talking with you here. Who's your favorite of this bunch to buy back next year? Oh, it's, I mean, probably Tyro because I think he's going to be cheaper than Drury. Yep. Um, and, and I like the speed with it. The speed with it, multi-positional with it. Um, and like I said, like I just don't see the Giants. Like, there's nobody on the Giants I'm super worried about taking away playing time from him. And the Giants have not been a super active team in free agency. Like, I just and even don't. if they are, I think they can maneuver Tyro around based on who they get. They can just, yeah. you know, put their cast their their line out on a few different guys at different positions, and whoever says yes. Okay, then Tyro moves to second. Okay, now he moves to left field. So I agree with you. I think he's the best buy there uh, because I don't think his price is going to be all that high, and I, I like what he's doing. Uh, some of these other guys are hard fades like a birdie, like a Drury and Mateo and uh, Darno, and even Manessis, who it won't cost anything. You fade him, and Santander is kind of in between. But uh, interesting group for sure. How do you guys feel about those suspicious breakouts? Do you get caught buying the next year? Or do you fade them? Hit us up on Twitter at Spore at Justin Mason FWFB. And uh, I'll talk to you later this week. Take it easy.